a lot of people, when they first think about stocks, tend to lock in on the share price. Maybe this was you, or maybe this is a friend of yours. They'll say, well, Alphabet, it's at $2,235 a share. That's expensive. By contrast, the same mentality when looking at penny stocks can get a lot more excited. Some penny stock they're seeing promoted by someone, perhaps some ne'er-do-well, and they'll think, wow, the stock is at $0.22, cents, not $2,200 like Alphabet. $0.22, cents, they'll think that's the one to buy, the one at $0.22, cents, because if it just reaches a dollar, you quadruple your money. Well, from the earliest days of The Motley Fool, we've tried to get people focused not on the price per share of the company, but rather on the market cap of the company. The price per share of a stock tells you almost nothing. It's the price to buy one share of the stock. But how many shares does the company have outstanding? Well, in math, we multiply two multiplicands together, but the price per share is only one multiplicand. If you don't know the other one, you can't do any meaningful math or figure out much of the world around you. Fools with a capital F know that you need to know the shares outstanding and then multiply that by the price per share. And now you know the actual full value of the company. It's full price tag. It's market capitalization, market cap. Well, to teach this lesson inexorably and unforgettably, we invented a game. That's what I do. The date was August 9th, 2017, and we've been playing every quarter since. You're playing too. You know this. You've been playing along all the way through, I hope. And it's that time of the year again, that time of the quarter. Ten new stocks, two guest stars, both returning champions, three guest stars, actually, because you're playing along too. Only on this week's Rule Breaker Investing. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. It is a June of five Wednesdays. And since this podcast comes out approximately 4 p.m. Eastern time every Wednesday, as it has since July of 2015, when we get five Wednesdays in a month, that's a big month. So I hope you've been enjoying. We did a blast from the past to start June, company culture tips and review of Palooza, looking at three disappointing June samplers last week with Asit Sharma, Nick Seipel, and Alicia Alfieri. Well, I've got two more full guest stars joining me this week. It's the Market Cap Game Show and the champion of the last one, one quarter ago, and of the one before that, uh, two quarters ago, right around Christmas. They're both here and getting ready to face the onslaught of 10 randomized stocks pulled from the Motley Fool universe. I call it the Fool 500. These are 500 companies in our screener database that are the highest ranking combining our interest in them as analysts with your interest in them, the clicks that you give as members. And so that's that's a very informal Fool 500. There's no mutual fund tied to this or anything like that. Although I should mention that this kind of database is used in lots of different ways by our business. So all I really do is just randomize some numbers from 1 to 500 and uh, do a little bit of due diligence. Sometimes I pick the stock. Sometimes I know nothing about it myself. That's certainly true of my guests as well, who come in from their soundproof chambers and their internet-free screens, having no idea what company we're going to talk about or what the market cap is. Although, since they're both pretty smart, sometimes they do have some idea 
of what the market cap is. And you're pretty smart, too. I hope you get smarter, happier, and richer every week listening to Rule Breaker Investing. That's kind of the point. And so this is an opportunity to pull your smart boots on. That's right. You know, those those boots that make you smarter. Uh, bootstrapping it as a fellow player because the market cap game show, as has been the case since summer of 2017, so it's about five years old at this point, it's your opportunity to compete right along with them. So I'll be asking each of my guests for the 10 stocks. I'll be asking them, what's the range of the market cap that you estimate for that stock? Then I'll turn to the other guest contestant and ask him, is your friend right or wrong inside that range or outside that range? And while I ask that question of my guest contestant, I'm asking it of you as well. So you're able to play right along with us, and you can even outscore my guest stars, which probably happens from time to time, maybe every quarter. Well, I think at the top, I explained market cap, really just the price tag of companies. It's more complicated than that because companies that have large amounts of debt or cash on their balance sheet uh, that creates an enterprise value, which is the actual uh, value of the company. But it's a lot simpler for most of us and pretty accurate most of the time just to look at how many shares outstanding for that company and where its price per share is and do the simple multiplication I talked about and find the market cap, which is a much more important number. It's really the real value of the company. I think so many new investors tend to look at a price per share of a stock and think bigger means bigger and smaller means smaller, and by no means is that the case. Many times, it's not the case at all. So it's really important, I think, for us to know the market caps. And of course, in 2022, well, the market caps, they are a bit lower than I remember at the start of this very difficult year for investors. Well, I say without further ado, let's get the June 2022 edition of the Market Cap Game Show started. Well, our guest contestants, yep, they each won the previous market cap game show or the one before that. And I'd like first to introduce Yasser El Shami. Yasser, welcome back, our returning champion from March 2022. Yasser, happy summer. Thank you, David. Uh, thanks for having me back. And I don't want to get used to that word, champion. <laughs> you don't? No, I, I don't think so. You know, like I feel it was beginner's luck last time. And you know, I'm, I'm about to be found out on this episode. Well, I think that we're all part of the reason I only MC the game and don't play it is because I like to hide behind the idea that I'm a real expert and people think I'm authoritative in all things. And so as the MC, I can always appear that way as Alex Trebek and others have demonstrated over the course of decades. So thank you for being brave enough to be on that side of the transom. Yasser, could you give a couple sentences about what you're doing at The Fool these days and maybe a summer treat or pleasure that not enough people recognize or appreciate sure um so at the full you know i i just continue the endless quest to find that next great company i usually gravitate towards younger smaller sized companies with really innovative technologies that i feel um, can contribute meaningfully to the economy and to society writ large and have a strong chance um, of generating strong returns over a long time period. That sounds so, good to me. I'm sure that sounds good to every listener. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and and that we've been doing a lot of that at The Motley Fool, and I've been involved in a few services, um, including Trendspotter and Showdown and uh, Next Gen Supercycle. 
and uh, yeah, so that that that's my work at the Fool. In terms of a summer thrill, um, I would say that an underrated one, to be sure. I would say that playing backgammon on the beach is underrated. Um, I cannot recommend that enough to people. You know, I love board games and I love the beach. I don't often mix one with the other, but you're right, Yasser. I mean, the wind sometimes is right out there on the coast, so it can be hard. But chunkier bits like, I don't know, marble pieces and heavy dice. You know, I have the real deal set with the marble dice and everything. Beautiful. it's, It's beautiful. Do you feel like you play backgammon better when you're at the beach? You know, I think I do. And the reason is because I'm more relaxed. And so I'm able to kind of just completely let go of any other worries or concerns and just completely give myself to the game. Roll those double sixes. Well, thank you, Yasser. Looking forward to your participation this week. And now let me introduce our other guest star. It's Brian Stoffel. Brian, you won it. Well, in the Battle of the Brian's December 2021, two market cap game shows ago, as I recall, you and our friend Brian Feroldi each scored five points, but we had a pre-existing tiebreaker that you won. So, Brian Stoffel, welcome back as a returning champion. Thank you. And since the previous one was against Brian Feroldi, I will accept the title of champion, um, if only because we had many tiebreaker shows like that on Motley <laughs> Fool Live that I lost in the past. <laughs> and we had another battle of the Brian's before that where I think you both tied again. So you have a remarkable ability to score five points in the 10-point market cap game show contest. Brian, delight to have you. What are you doing around the Fool these days? And what's an underrated summer thrill? So around the Fool, everything pretty much goes into two buckets. The first bucket is Motley Fool Life, where I am on the Mindset Show. Brian Feroldi, who we just mentioned, and I, uh, we have a Stocks from Scratch show that we do, and I'm also on the Morning Show. Um, and then I also help with the monthly write-ups for the Stock Advisor recommendation. Now, when it comes to an underappreciated thing, it's funny because, David, you just mentioned the wind being something that can make things harder. My underappreciated thing is the wind because, at least where I am, the mosquitoes can be terrible during the summer, <laughs> except if the wind is out. So I'm a big fan of summer breezes because it means that I'm not going to be scratching my ankles for the next couple months. And I think you're describing, are you describing Wisconsin lakes? Is that, that, that what I'm is hearing? Correct. That yes. is correct. Of course, mosquitoes are a lot more universal than, than that. But boy, do I hear you, Brian. I've been feeling them here on the coast in North Carolina. So, well, thank you both for joining in for this summer edition. It is June 2022. And I say without further ado, let's get started with company number one. Yeah, sir, let me turn to you first. And I'm thinking about companies that that manage multiple brands. Companies that manage multiple brands. Who does it well? Or, or poorly in your mind? Give me an exemplar. Uh, well, one company that immediately comes to mind would be uh, Procter & Gamble, um, you know, with the Tide brand and uh, Cascade and, and yeah. other kind of uh, household essentials, if you will. How about, how about retail operations that have more than one type of store under a different name? Hmm. That's an interesting question. They're the clothiers. I sometimes think back to Gap stores, which also had right. Old Navy. That's not the company we're talking about now, but okay. I think it's not uncommon in retail to be 
owning multiple brands. No, that's true. I mean, the the Gap uh, is one famous example. They own Banana Republic, Old Navy. That's right. Uh, and, and others. So, yeah, I guess it, it is not that uncommon. Well, this particular company is an example. This company is in the top 100 by revenue in the Fortune 500. It was formed as a subsidiary of Zare Corporation in 1987. That's a brand I still remember. Some of the older hands listening right now may remember Z-A-Y-R-E. This company today is headquartered in Framingham, Massachusetts, but the first TJ Maxx store was actually opened in Auburn, Massachusetts. It was part of the discount department store chain of Zare. Today, TJX Companies, ticker symbol TJX, is actually headquartered in Framingham, Massachusetts. And the reason I was mentioning multiple brands, Yasser, is because I'd forgotten. I don't know this company that well, but they also own Marshalls and Home Goods, HomeSense, Sierra in the United States. They've got winners in Canada. They're operating primarily in North America with a lot of discount off-price department stores. This is a company, again, that is one of the 100 largest by revenue share in the United States of America. And before I ask you about the market cap, Yasser, have you been into a TJ Maxx any time in the last few years? Absolutely. I've been to a TJ Maxx, a Marshalls, and a Home Goods. Um, and I would say that my mom is probably singularly responsible for 50% of their sales. <laughs> um, I mean, the amount of the number of times she has just dragged me in there to buy stuff, uh, it's uh, it's incredible. But you know, there's a certain excitement associated with going to these stores, even if you don't really need to uh, get those kind of quote, quote unquote bargain prices. Uh, there is a certain thrill associated with the egg hunt aspect of it, um, because the Easter egg hunt, because you you kind of don't know what you're going to get there, and you just go and you just go through the stuff and uh, sometimes you find stuff you like sometimes you don't but it's well always said. about that thrill of finding something new well given that your mother is providing about 50 percent of the company's revenues i'm hoping yasser you'll have at least a decent guess at the market cap for the tjx company's ticker symbol tjx what is your range yasser for the market cap for tjx Oh, that's a good question. It's not the kind of company I would have personally looked at uh, to consider as an investment. But if I were to speculate um, on the market cap of TGX, um, I would probably say it's in the $14 billion to $22 billion range. $14 billion and $22 billion. So players at home and Brian Stoffel you're either going to say it's within Yasser's range or outside might be higher, might be lower. So again, new players, it's about time to make your decision right along with Brian Stoffel. As I asked Brian, a little bit of thinking for you here and where you are on inside or outside Yasser's range. Yeah. So when you first introduce the company, I always like to write down what I think it is. So then at least I've got something to anchor to. And it's funny because first I wrote 10 to 15. Then I heard you say that it's in the top 100 for sales. And I was like, could it be 30? Ah, I don't know. So since this is pretty close to that, I'm going to go ahead and say inside the range. Oh, It no. is unfortunately outside Yasser's range. And again, 
Players at home, if you said outside the range, you got it right. So history will now show that both Yasser and Brian had it well lower than the TJX Cummings, about which I know not that much myself, to be clear. And I haven't been to TJ Maxx as many times as the El Shami family. But the market cap for TJX Cummings is $66.48 billion. So actually about triple the range that you were both thinking. Perhaps the mention that it was in the top 100 by revenues would be a reason to think higher, but that's just second guessing and Monday morning quarterbacking. And we don't do that on this show. I never would have guessed that high, no matter what I'm, you said. I'm absolutely <laughs> stumped. Uh, I mean, I know my mom has done them a favor too, but not that much. <laughs> All right. So I've got this one as Yasser one, Brian, nothing as we move on to company number two. And Brian, your life in or out of video games. Do you care about video games? Not really. You know, I played them a lot of Madden football and college football when I was in college. But once I became a teacher and then after that, once I became a dad, a lot less time. Although I will say my daughter just turned nine and we agreed to get her a Nintendo system so our family could play Just Dance. So that could change soon. You know, that is a wonderful use of video game time. And we have certainly done the dance pad thing in the Gardner family home, admittedly with kids who are now adults. But I, I want to validate that decision that the Stoffels are considering, because I think not only do you get a little bit more coordinated, you have fun as a family. And uh, I mean, you know, Brian, I think you know that I love me some video games. So it almost doesn't matter the genre. Um, I love video games. And often these kinds of companies have made it into Motley Fool portfolios. It's been a great growth area of the economy over the last 30 years as you well know, and not everybody likes video games. Some people think that they are responsible for our violence. Uh, often, I think, new media, when they show up over the course of history, I think it was once mentioned to me that the novel was considered corrupting of younger women when it first showed up, that, that uh, horrific new art form, novels. So I think it's always going to be true, and we're probably going to see that with the metaverse as well, where people look at the downside and don't like new media sometimes for that reason. Admittedly, though, I'd like to say I probably spent too many hours playing video games over the course of my life. And one day on the Gardner deathbed, I might say, I played too many video games. But uh, anyway, Just Dance sounds good to me, Brian. Well, not every video game company is an American company. We certainly have some big brands, but I think a lot of us know that Sony, one of the biggest video game companies in the world, is Japanese, of course. Then there are Chinese companies. That's what I'm thinking about right now, Brian Stoffel. Have you ever heard of the Westward Journey series? I have not. How about Tianxia 3? Yeah, that's a huge no. Heroes of Tang Dynasty 0 or Ghost 2 or Nostos and Onmyoji? Man, just a whole lot of blanks. <laughs> well, more Americans may have heard of World of Warcraft, Starcraft, and Overwatch, which NetEase, ticker symbol N-T-E-S, uh, operates the Chinese versions of those games. This is a long-running rule-breaker stock pick done well over the course of time with a lot of stocks. More recently, it hasn't fared so well over the last 12 months. But what's more important than the performance, well, at least for this game show, I actually think the performance is most important. But for this game show, what's more important, Brian, as you know, is the market cap of NetEase, ticker symbol N-T-E-S. What is your range of market cap for NetEase? Oh, man. So I've got to consider the fact that video games in general are down. People are spending less time inside, although there's more lockdowns in China than there are other places. 
But then there's also concern about Chinese delisting. Oh, man, I'm going to give a big range here, uh, which might be a treat for Yasser or might not. But I'm going to say <laughs> between 30 and 60 billion. 30 and 60 billion players at home. And Yasser El Shami does feel as if Brian has been generous with his range. But let's find out. Yasser, players at home inside 30 to 60 billion or outside that range? That's a tough one, David. Um, yeah, I mean, for all the reasons that Brian just listed, uh, there are a lot of question marks on kind of the volatility associated with Chinese stocks lately. So uh, even though he did offer a very generous range here, um, it's a tough one to call. But I'm going to go with outside the range. And it is outside the range. It was a generous range, and it was pretty close. So players at home and Yasser, the answer is $63.59 billion. So just outside that range. It's kind of interesting. I One of the reasons I love market cap is it gives us an opportunity to compare companies that are completely different from each other. And think about how different the purveyor of off-price discounting department stores, largely in North America, TJX companies, TJ Maxx, etc. Think about how different that is from those video game titles many of us had never heard of. And yet, both of these companies are right around, well, lower $60 billion market cap. So very comparable in that regard. I'm also happy to say that for Rule Breaker members, even with the recent weakness in NetEase, this has been a wonderful last 10 years. The stock is up eight times in value. By the way, guys, this is sort of a fun rule of thumb to remember. Over the last 10 years, the S&P 500 is up almost exactly 200%. So over the last 10 years, the stock market has almost exactly tripled. So when we talk, we may reference it other times this episode. When we talk about 10-year performance of some of these stocks, they're trying to beat 200%. This company's up about 700% over the last 10 years, and rather anonymously, I think, for most, at least, U.S. investors. Yasser, if my math is right, I think you're up 2 nothing. Your feelings at this moment? Feeling good, David. Uh, I don't want to you know, get ahead of myself here, but it's a better start than I expected. <laughs> and I thought, I thought that was a generous range, Brian. And if you just said, you know, 30 to 65 or something like that, would have done it. Sometimes we shouldn't too often rock round numbers. I don't know. Let's see and keep playing going forward. Okay, let me turn next to back to Yasser. Yasser, I know you live in the greater Washington, D.C. area, which is, of course, where Full HQ, the original Full HQ anyway, is based. Have you been in downtown D.C. recently? Uh, I have, actually, just this weekend. Went to the Museum of Natural History. Oh, wonderful. Was that to go with your family? Is that, is that an annual sojourn? Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we had this uh, extended weekend with Juneteenth holiday, and, you know, the weather was perfect. So we decided, hey, let's go on a trip to the newly renovated, um, you know, Museum of Natural History. And uh, luckily, the, you know, the girls really loved it. I'm so glad to hear that. I grew up in Washington, D.C. myself, so I can remember with six-year-old eyes seeing a gigantic, great, big blue whale. I think it was sort of right almost as you walk in. Is that big blue whale still in the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History? There is uh, a huge skeleton of a big blue whale. Yes. And, but I think you might be thinking of the 
big elephant that's right as as soon as you step in they have a full-sized elephant <laughs> in the in the hallway all right and i think i probably am really most of all yasser i think i need to go back to that museum it's been a few decades for me but i'm delighted what certainly one of the great things about growing up in washington dc are all those amazing museums well you know when i've talked to friends who are downtown they say stuff like yeah it's still really quiet in downtown D.C. A lot of us in cities, if we think about the corporate district, not as much activity, certainly, as pre-COVID. Um, most recently, I was seeing numbers like we're kind of peaking post-COVID at 78% occupancy uh, relative to where we were 100% before that, i.e., we're kind of three quarters back, but there's still a quarter missing. This is of concern to anybody in the commercial real estate business. And a lot of us have questions about what the future of that business is. Perhaps most of all, Yasser, people in that industry themselves. I will say, by the way, on a side note, it hasn't stopped, I think, the DC traffic from still seeming to be pretty bad. Um, if people aren't downtown, I, are they still out on 495? I'm not sure. But the reason we're talking about commercial real estate is because I'm thinking of CoStar Group, ticker symbol CSGP. This is a company that for years has totted up the numbers, created a database and services around that, around the prices of office buildings and other commercial properties. It's a place where if you work within this industry, you are very familiar with CoStar Group and the data uh, that this company oversees, manages on its platform. Yasser, have you ever taken a look at CoStar Group, the stock? I have not had the pleasure, unfortunately. It's not a very well-known stock. We'll certainly have better-known stocks this week on the Market Cap Game Show. But I think without further ado, I should just turn to you and ask, since you're now on point for the range of Market Cap for this, again, long-time rule-breaker stock, I will turn to you, Yasser, and ask you a question I myself would have a hard time answering. What is the Market Cap range that you'd like to specify for CoStar Group? Um, I'm going to go with 28 to 36 billions. 28 to 36 billion. I see that you're still working in sort of a tighter range. It feels as if that that might be distinctive to your approach to this game, Yasser. Is you still I know you're still getting your feet under you here, but do you feel like that might be a little bit more the El Shami way to play the game? Um yeah, I mean I think the way I approach the game is I I, I generally do try to situate where a company might be and uh, and then offer a fairly, a relatively tight range. All right. Well, players at home and Brian Stoffel, Yasser said $28 billion to $36 billion for a company not that many people know well, CoStar Group. Brian, inside that range or outside $28 to $36 billion? Man, I can't wait till we get to those more familiar names. <laughs> <laughs> So Yasir's uh, low end was 28. When I wrote mine down, my high end was 27.8. So, <laughs> I mean, you know what? I'm over two so far. My gut tells me to say outside to the bottom. But since I'm over two, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna say inside the range. And I'm sorry to say, <laughs> it is it is a little bit lower. Not a bad call. It's $21.86 billion, so we could round that to $22 billion. Players at home, if you said outside Yasser's range, you know, Yasser keeps kind of getting the range wrong, but scoring points. That's part of the charm and fun of the market cap game show, and players at home are experiencing that 
as well. Yasser, by my accounting, you're right now up 3 nothing, but it feels like you maybe still have some of your best calls ahead of you. Uh, I, I, you know, if I had, if I told you, I'll have to call you. So <laughs> let, let, let's keep playing. Let's keep playing. All right. On the company number four. Now, Brian, one of the things I've always appreciated about you is, well, not only are you somewhat of a world traveler, but you also have lived overseas. And I know you, I think you still maintain a place in Costa Rica. Am I right? Yes. In fact, um, on the trip down this past year, at the last minute, my wife couldn't go. So it was myself, a three-year-old and an eight-year-old. Right as we're about to leave, we all got COVID. And so we had to quarantine in a shipping container. That's our house on a coffee farm for a week without internet. (laughs) Sounds delightful. (laughs) What did you discover about yourself during that week? You know, it's funny. If you watch the mindset episode that happened today, the day we recorded, I we actually talked about that because I what I discovered was I like focusing on mindset issues and and working with our beginner members, especially more than specific stocks. And so I, I shifted that when I came back. We've referenced Motley Fool Live a couple of times already. That's the way I describe that, Brian and Yasser, is that's basically our TV channel on our website. It is Member focus. So if you're a Motley Fool member, I hope you already know live.fool.com. And you've seen Brian, you've seen Yasser, many Motley Fool analysts appear uh, generally during the weekdays, um, all throughout the market year. So something that I've enjoyed so much. And I do wish the entire world watched Motley Fool Live, but that only happened when the entire world becomes Motley Fool members, which we hope will be the case one day, but it is our member-focused TV channel. So again, if you're already a member, you know that. If you're not and you're curious, take a look at Motley Fool Services, Motley Fool Premium Services, Stock Advisor, many others, uh, and then you can join us at Motley Fool Live. Well, Brian, I'm glad that you guys got over COVID. And uh, you know, I, I've often pictured, I think you've sent me a picture or two of your place in Costa Rica, so I sort of know what it looks like. But what I don't know is how remote you are and whether there are any American brands that still are evident to you, even at that remote Costa Rican site. So when we fly in, we are quite remote. When we fly in, um, then you can see, and it's really only in the capital city. There's a Walmart right there. There's some uh, restaurants, fast food restaurants you'd be familiar with. But beyond that, I think unless it is a company that produces tools, uh, very slim chance. Or you know what? Coca-Cola is around everywhere. And that is a huge international brand. And that's kind of what I'm thinking about right now with company number four, sort of the biggest brands in the world. Brian, what would you, what do you think is a brand that all Costa Ricans have probably heard of that's an American brand? If you went top three. Oh, uh, okay. I would go Coke and then, you know, it's a little bit unfair, but I'd throw Meta or Facebook in there. Um, and then beyond that. Um, probably McDonald's. Wow. Well, maybe Apple didn't rank there, but ticker symbol AAPL is, I'm sure, well-known to many Costa Ricans. And I think it's just about the biggest brand worldwide and for lots of great reasons. Often, I think that the companies that build brand over decades are the stocks we want to own. And it's no coincidence to me that many of the best performing stocks end up being the best brands in the world over meaningful periods of time in each industry. So as you guys can probably guess, we're leaving the obscurity of the co-star groups and net eases. And right now we're looking at Apple. And Brian, I'm turning back to you. 
and wondering what market cap you'd like to specify for Apple Inc. So I'm going to go. Last time I did this, I, I said billion instead of trillion. And Brian Ferroldi tried to get his answer in real quick. So I'll remember trillion. I'm going to say between 2.05 trillion to 2.45 trillion. 2.05 trillion to 2.45 trillion. I do want to mention, by the way, it's been more than two years since any of these 10 stocks on this game show have appeared on the market cap game shows. So so not only do we have 10 fresh companies to discuss, but we have 10 fresh market caps to consider since the market itself has been about as fresh to investors as could possibly be in the first six months of a year. So 2.05 trillion, Yasser, to 2.45 trillion. I want to ask you and our players at home right now, inside or outside that range? Well, I would say the trillion is right. Um, <laughs> other than that, which is amazing on its own. <laughs> exactly. I know it's, it's incredible sometimes when you think of how incredibly large these companies are, um, at least by market cap. Um, I would say outside the range. Uh, I think the market has been absolutely brutal on, on many of the technology companies out there, including the so-called FANG companies, uh, Apple being one notable member of them. So. I'm I'm feeling it's uh, it's on the lower side of that equation. The market cap of Apple is 2.105 trillion and so it is inside Brian's pretty generous range. You know, just a range of well 450 billion or so. <laughs> <laughs> larger than most companies by multiples of their market caps but yeah it's it these these numbers are so large that it's it's astonishing to consider um it, apple has a significantly larger market cap than russia has gdp for example so it's always interesting to compare some of these global numbers but when you think about the world's i think probably best known company it's perhaps not surprising that we would be running up to the not just nine figures friends but um 12 or 13 anyway a lot of numbers two one zero five zero 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 and i think three more after that 2.105 trillion so if you said inside the range give yourself a point yasser you said outside that range and so brian racks up his first point that makes it a little bit more dramatic and uh, remember brian always finishes these games five to five so it's yasser three brian one and players at home you're somewhere from four we hope right down to zero. Let's move on to company number five. So from the very big to the significantly smaller, but I won't be any more helpful than that. Turning back to Yasser for company number five. Yasser, do you use an iPhone or an Android phone? I do use an iPhone. You use an iPhone, yeah. Well, let's stick with Apple then, speaking of Apple. So you use an iPhone. Have you ever used Apple Cash? I do, yes. You uh, use Apple Cash? Uh, I'm, well, hold on. So, I mean, I use Apple Pay and the Apple Wallet. I'm, I'm not sure what Apple Cash is. Ah, well, I'm glad we're talking about this. And I have to admit, I, I'm not an Apple Cash user myself. And these things can start sounding confusing. But Wallet, the Wallet app on my iPhone, enables me to add my credit card or debit cards or other things and other ways to pay people. And one of the options more recently, has been Apple Cash. You can actually open up a debit card, 
uh, and and just instead of maybe using Venmo or PayPal, you can pay people with Apple Cash. Now, I haven't signed up for it, and Yasser, it sounds like you're not specifically using Apple Cash either. I'm not. No. How do you send payments to friends? Do do you even do you ever do you ever pay your friends? Uh, I have to, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but uh, when I do so, it, it's usually via Venmo or uh, the Cash App. Okay. Yeah, so there are lots of ways to pay people these days, but the company behind Apple Cash is Green Dot Corporation. Check it. Ticker symbol is G-D-O-T, Green Dot Corporation. This is a company that is within Motley Fool coverage. Not a stock I've looked at before, so I didn't know it very well. I'm not using Apple Cash. I don't know. Maybe I should. But I don't really feel like I have a payments to friends problem. As Seth Godin's often said, you know, who's actually scratching an itch or really solving a problem? And I feel as if lots of different companies are all solving that problem, which is maybe why Green Dot Corporation isn't larger than it actually is. But since we're talking about that, I guess I should turn back to Yasser and ask you what your market cap range is for Green Dot Corporation, ticker symbol G-D-O-T. Hmm. All right. Market cap for Green Dot. Um I would go with a range of six hundred and fifty million to one point seven five million. Uh, billion, sorry. Six hundred fifty million to one point seven five billion. Spoiler alert: This company is smaller than Apple, and so it makes these numbers a little bit more uh, e- easily handled, shall we say? Brian Stoffel and players at home, as I turn to you, Green Dot Corporation, ask you. Is its market cap within Yasser's specified range of six hundred fifty million to one point seven five billion, or outside that range? Every morning, I look for big movers on the market. I don't like following it every day, but I look for big movers. But I always have a screener that says, "Show me two billion and above," and I don't ever remember seeing Green Dot, which tells me that it's probably under two billion, which means that I'm going to say inside. And if this is between one point seven five and two billion, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> I'm going with inside. <laughs> and it is indeed well done. A screening uh, stock researcher I hear, Brian Stoffel, and that, that served you well in this case. The market cap for Green Dot Corporation is $1.22 billion. So, yeah, Apple $2.1 trillion, Green Dot $1.2 billion. But who's really counting? Well, actually, I'm counting. I count Yasser with three points, and now Brian having scored two in a row, Players at home, again, give yourself a gold star and a plus one if you said inside that range. We are at the halfway point of the Market Gap game show this week. With the market down as far as it is, the normal halftime entertainment we would have featured is unfortunately not available to us this week. So I'm simply going to have to turn to my friends, Brian and Yasser. Does either of you guys know a joke? I can tell you a joke that my three-year-old said to me this morning at breakfast. And Let's he's three, so you got you to gotta picture this. You know, it's not coming from me, but from a three-year-old. This is definitely the best halftime entertainment we can manage. All right. So he says, knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting Ooh. cow. 
And he's three, so I thought it was hilarious. Well played. Well played. Thank you. I think many a Motley Fool will be able to use that in the week ahead. I think that that could come from anybody, Brian. I'm 56. I'd, I'd be willing to try out what, what your three-year-old just sprung on you. Thank you for that. All right. Well, the halftime follies are over. The expensive Super Bowl ads, uh, they're starting to get less expensive as we move to the second half of this show. Except that I think things might get even more dramatic. I don't know. It's getting closer and closer as we move to stock number six. Turning back to Brian now. Company number six. Brian, planes, trains, or automobiles? Trains. All right. And why do you say trains? It's more fun. Did you ever see the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? John Candy, are you kidding me? That's a great movie. Steve Martin, John Candy, etc. You betcha. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. But I like your answer, Planes, Trains, or Automobiles, because Trains was the correct answer. This company was founded in 1862. Today, Union Pacific Corporation, ticker symbol UNP, is the second largest U.S. rail company after BNSF. I was looking into the history of this, the act that enabled the Union Pacific Corporation to build its first railroad was actually approved by Abraham Lincoln himself uh, in 1862. This company dominates the West. It has a duopoly, actually with BNSF, for that portion of U.S. rail commerce. Do you guys know where Union Pacific is headquartered these days? Somewhere in California. I would have thought so, too. But the answer is right where it's been for a long, long time in Omaha, Nebraska, right in Warren Buffett's backyard. Union Pacific Corporation is, of course, where we have our market cap sites set. Brian, let me turn to you. The second largest U.S. rail company, a good performer for a lot. A lot of stock market investors who like a little dividend will just patiently, passively hold this stock. One of my stock advisor picks back in the day. I like trains as well. Planes, trains, automobiles, the answer is always. The correct answer is always trains. Brian Stoffel, what is your market cap for the Union Pacific Corporation, ticker symbol UNP? So we're going to go from $82 billion up to $137 billion. $82 billion to $137 billion. Yasser, people can't see you. I can see you because we're doing this by video, but this is, of course, just an audio podcast. But I was I would say you your brow looked knit. You had you had a hand on your head. You you looked deep in thought. Yeah, I have been thinking about this uh ever since you said trains, uh that got me thinking about the railways. And uh, you know, some of these companies have been great investments over the many decades they have been on the stock market. Um and as you mentioned, they are good dividend payers. Um but I also know that with recessionary fears uh, gripping the market these days, we have had a, quite a remarkable note back, uh, pullback in, in those stocks. So yeah, I was, I was kind of trying to think hard about what the market cap could be for Union Pacific. Well, I'm glad that you've been thinking about that because we're about to ask you whether Brian is correct with his range of $82 billion to $137 billion, or whether that's incorrect. And so, Yasser, I think the time has come. Players at home, inside that range or outside that range? I don't know. I, I feel a 137, that seems awfully arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go outside the range. 
And it is inside a rather generous range, although it was close. You weren't far off with that call, Yasser. The correct market cap as of Tuesday afternoon, June 21st. We're recording this right around 3 p.m. Eastern. The market cap for Union Pacific is 130.75 billion. So 131 billion dollars just inside the high end of Brian's range. Yasser, if I turned to you and just point blank said planes, trains, or automobiles, what would you have said? I probably would have said planes. That's unfortunately the wrong answer. <laughs> exactly. And that's and that's why uh, I'm tied now. <laughs> it's three to three. Let's move on. Right. Thank you, guys. Here we go. Company number seven. Yasser, Disney, Universal, or Six Flags? Disney. It's probably the right answer, but that's not the company we're going to be talking about on this market cap game show, Six Flags Entertainment, the ticker symbol is SIX, appropriately enough, is the company we're taking a look at. This is a, a really interesting, uh, it's been around for 60 years, but the company has been through bankruptcy at least once. It's been troubled at different points. It has an interesting development, which I'm going to mention. Do you know who became CEO of this company toward the end of last year, Yasser? I do not. I do. All right, Brian, jump right in with your knowledge. We reward knowledge on the show. Is it Salim Basul? It is indeed. The former CEO of Middleby Corp, longtime friend of the cool, fool, conscious capitalist. He had taken over as chairman of the board for a while, and then they asked him to become president and CEO on November 15th of last year. This is a, well, I won't say the company's revenues because that starts making the question easier. So let's just leave it right there. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about Six Flags Entertainment in a sec. But first... As our listeners at home, uh, mirroring Brian Stoffel's good habit, right away are already thinking of their number. I'm going to turn to you, Yasser, and say, what is your range of market cap for Six Flags Entertainment, ticker symbol SIX? So the picture of a turkey drumstick is clouding my judgment right now because that's that's the kind of snack they have at Six Flags. And uh, I recall many years ago, uh, you know, being offered one and and politely passing on, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was right around Thanksgiving Day last year that Salim Basul became uh, Turkey Drum became CEO of this company. So there's a lot of turkey, and this has been a little bit of turkey of a performer as well. I'm not saying it's Salim's fault; he's just started, but stock's been nose diving. I'm not trying to affect your guess here, though, Yasser. What is your range of market cap? My range of market cap would be three billion to 7.5 billion 3.0 to 7.5 billion dollars for six flags entertainment brian stoffel if i'd said to you disney universal or six flags what would you, what would have been your answer definitely disney that is the correct answer mm -hmm. boy this is a tough one because i'm going to use that same screener trick and i was asking myself does this ever show up have i ever seen this and now i can't remember if i've seen it or not <laughs> <laughs> but I, I went against my gut before and I got it wrong. So I'm going to go with my gut. I think it's below the low range of what was offered. So I'm going to say outside. And we have an incredible comeback underway as Brian Stoffel has just racked up his fourth straight correct answer. Players at home, if you said outside Yasser's three to seven and a half billion dollar range, you'd be right on the low end indeed. The company's market cap is $1.75 as we speak this Tuesday afternoon. 
Yeah, the company had revenues last year of $1.5 billion. So this is a company at about one times sales. I was checking it out. They have right around 2,000 full-time employees. They have seasonally 43,000 more employees than that. So imagine trying to run a company with 45,000 employees about half the year and then not the other half that owns many different parks, including water parks, lots of different brands, and all of that at a market cap of just $1.75 billion. It sounds, I don't know, what does that sound like to you, Brian? Uh, like a job I don't want. <laughs> it definitely sounds I'm just going to go ahead stressful. and say it, David. It sounds cheap. It sounds cheap. <laughs> Ooh. And I will say this, Salim Basul has a well-demonstrated history of playing the long game and winning hugely on behalf of his shareholders. Certainly, my brother Tom, who first discovered this stock somewhere around 2001, that would be Middleby Corporation, Salim's previous company. Wow, what an incredible run that stock went on over his roughly 20-year career there. It wasn't so great the last few years as he eventually cycled off, but uh, take it all in all, what a gigantic winner. So if winners win... Guys, I think we might want to keep our eye on Six Flags Entertainment, although, man, I agree with you, Brian. That's not a business I would want to run. Yasser, it sounds like you've done your time at Six Flags here and there. You've been to at least one? I have been to a couple, uh, but I would say the last time I, I, I've been to a Six Flags was over... 12 years ago. Well, I mean, you're, I know you live in, in suburban Maryland. In Largo, Maryland is Six Flags America. Uh, that's an important one. Maybe you want to take the kids sometime this summer, help, help out Celine? As a matter of fact, I do. All right. That's a great idea. Wonderful. Well, I wish I could award you a bonus point for your good nature there, but unfortunately, that's not how this game works. And right now, we're looking at Brian Stoffel 4, Yasser Al-Shami 3. You guys are both neck and neck, but... Yasser took the big lead early, and now in the middle furlongs, we have a new leader with three companies left. And I'm quite certain at least one of our listeners has seven. So that's how smart some of our listeners are. And some of us may have zero, but we're having fun. Let's move to company number eight. Turning back to you, Brian. Brian, it sounds like screening companies that have market caps below $2 billion is of passing interest to you. Yeah, you know, I don't like seeing what the market is doing every day. It doesn't really bother me. But what is interesting is if all of a sudden a stock is down by 50% or up 50%, that's worth looking at. You know, the thing is, is if you include those really low cap companies, yeah, there's going to be a ton of them because that's the nature of small cap companies. So that's just the cutoff. Well, spoiler alert, this next company wouldn't make your screen, but I think you'd already know that. Do you ever invest hoping a company will get bought out by another company? Can you think of a stock that you've picked or owned in the past where you had your fingers crossed or you confidently thought, yeah, these guys are going to get taken out? You know, I haven't, but I do know that one of your most successful picks was a booking. When I went back and read the write-up, you said, oh, it's a great buyout target. And it ended up being one of the best <laughs> performers standalone on the whole scorecard. Exactly. It's one of my favorite examples because it's one of the few times in Motley Fool Stock Advisor history where I wrote the write-up thinking, saying in the write-up, I think these guys will get bought out. And they never did. Instead, they started buying others out. 
booking in Europe, et cetera, and became the industry leader on their own. So I've always loved that example, and I'm so grateful you're referencing it once again. Well, this company is involved in a mega merger, so the stock is not as volatile because there is an overhanging price that Microsoft is supposedly going to be buying them out by the first half of next year. I'm not going to say the share price. It might help one of my players, including those of you at home. But a lot of us probably have heard, I know Brian doesn't like video games very much, a lot of us have probably heard that Activision Blizzard, ticker symbol ATVI, I think it's fair to say embattled Activision Blizzard at this point, uh, received a generous buyout offer earlier this year from Microsoft. The company, I would say, trading at a surprisingly large discount to Softies cash. I think there's some share conversion offer too there, but you know this is a pretty rock-solid offer. Let's put it that way. When Microsoft comes a knocking and says, we're going to buy you out, they've got Satya Nadella has the cash to do it. So Activision Blizzard, a longtime Motley Fool stock advisor holding, a stock I personally own, uh, and I've written positively about it many a time in the past, uh, and I've been right at different points and wrong at others. But take it all in all, it's been a great great stock for stock advisor members. But Brian, are you following this story at all? Is this of interest to you? Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, the largest video game acquisition of all time? I mean, I'm aware of it. Um, just what I remember was just what a fall the stock had. You know, it was the pullback from societies opening up, the culture issues, the uh, just so many things pulling it down. Um, so yeah, I'm aware of it, but now I'm just trying to gauge where I'm sitting on the market cap. <laughs> well, again, the, the the offer is supposed to be consummated by early next year. Now, some people question whether the Justice Department, the Biden administration would let a big merger like this happen. But then others point out what a large industry this is. This, this would make Microsoft the third largest video games company in the world, but it's not like they'd be the number one or even number two. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But more important, Let's forget about then and talk about just now. Let's talk about the market cap right now. Brian, what what range would you like to specify for Activision Blizzard, ticker symbol ATVI? I'm going to go 21 to 29 billion. And I, if I'm wrong, I'm guessing it's higher than that. But that's what I'm going to go with. Now, you're saying if you're wrong, you'd guess it's higher. You don't want to extend your range no, higher? No, I mean I'm still going to leave it right there. <laughs> All do you right. see the mind games? Well, and I'm I'm really good at speaking out both sides of my mouth. I do that a lot on this podcast from week to week as well. So I admire your skill, sir. Let's turn to Yasser, of course, all of our players at home. Brian has specified a market cap of $21 billion to $29 billion for this somewhat fallen star within its industry, and yet still so many great brands. Speaking of managing multiple brands, as we talked about earlier this show, I, almost a day doesn't go by that I don't play some Hearthstone. I'm a big fan of that digital card game, but certainly Diablo 4, I can't wait for that. I, I remain a lifelong inveterate video gamer. I already mentioned my deathbed pre-confession, but let's turn back to Yasser and our players at home. Yasser, Brian stated 21 to 29 inside or outside that range? Outside. It's It may be a fallen star, but it's not quite a dead star. I think Microsoft did pay a premium um, on Activision, and I believe it is higher than that range. It is correct. Outside the range, that makes it Yasser 4. Brian 4 makes an exciting conclusion. 
Let's talk briefly before moving to company number nine, what's happening with this company. So the Microsoft acquisition announced earlier this year was for $69 billion, and the stock is trading at a market cap of $57.8. So there's a fair amount of gap between where it is right now uh, and Microsoft's you know, lot, tons of cash offer for this company, which is due within the next year. I mean, I'm looking at it seems to be about 20% below where that offer lies. So it'll be interesting to watch this one further. But I'll tell you guys, whether or not Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard, I would just keep holding it in either case. I feel good about this industry and where this company's position for the long term. Anyway, kind of a fun, interesting sidelight. Part of the beauty of investing in the stock market is it, it causes you to pay more attention to the business world and what's happening in the world at large. And this is a good example of, for many of us, a side bet or a, a side show, but still really interesting to study and learn from. Well, speaking of studying and learning, I'm learning a lot from these guys who did they study? It's four to four, two very talented returning champions as we enter the home stretch. We have two companies left. Let's move Yasser to company number nine. I know you've documented the huge share that your family represents of the nation's retail revenues. So we're headed right back there. Clearly, you're spending a lot at the TGX companies, but I'm curious, Yasser, if you let's forget about your mom or your wife for a sec or anybody else related to you, if you, sir, needed to go buy something in bulk. Where oh would yeah. You, where would you buy? Costco, no question. Are you a member? I am a member, longtime member. Are you a shareholder? I am not, and uh, not by choice. Basically, I'm not allowed to own any uh, shares in any companies with exposures to food or drugs uh, because my wife works at the FDA. Wow, that's really interesting, and so and also very admirable. You know. Every Motley Fool employee operates under the Motley Fool's rules of disclosure. And that means that anybody can look up, even a brand new employee who might be answering phones for us is their first job. If they own stocks, you can see what he or she has as tickers in their portfolio. But some of us abide by additional rules of disclosure that a partner or spouse might bring into that relationship. And so, uh, well, thank you, first of all, for disclosing that and sharing that. I'm sorry to hear that in part because there are of course, so many great companies in those industries. And yet, Yasser, I see you smiling because there are lots of other great stocks outside those industries as well. Sounds like you would own some Costco if you could have. I Yes, I would. I would own it if I could. Um, I don't know about the valuation right now. I haven't looked at it recently mm -hmm. because I... You know, I'm restricted out of it, but uh, but yeah, uh, it's a kind of it's a kind of company that is you know conscious capitalist company treats its workers well, uh, offers great value proposition to its consumers. People who shop there are very loyal, um, and they stay with the business for years and years and years. Um, and I feel you know Costco treats its members right, so that's the kind of company I'd like to invest in. Turning to you, Brian, do you do you shop at Costco ever? I don't that we only have one in the area and it's we moved to where we moved because we don't really need our car that often. And so driving that far to one just doesn't make sense for, for where we live. I hear you. But we all recognize what a wonderful company this is, as Yasser eloquently conveyed. And the stock, by the way, over the last 10 years, we already established the S&P 500 up a pretty good round number of 200 percent over the last 10 years as of today. Uh, 
Costco up 400% over the last 10 years, so doubling the market's return. 400% return is a five-bagger for Costco shareholders over the last 10 years. The ticker symbol, as many Motley Fool members will know, is C-O-S-T. Pretty straightforward. Yasser, what is your range of market cap for Costco? All right. So... I would say that Costco's market cap range is between 235 billion to 267 billion. 235 billion to 267 billion. Earlier, Yasser, it seemed as if you got a little jab in it, Brian, for selecting a, a market cap, one of the range numbers that ended with a seven. Now I'm hearing you start to rock some sevens on the back end of your range numbers. Are you trying to unlock my mind games, David? Because, you know, you shouldn't. You should be, a, a, you know, a, a neutral umpire here. I am. I'm just looking askance. But I, I, you're right. You're right. I need to return to neutrality. No, the truth is I'm cheering for our listeners most of all. But I'm having so much fun with you guys. Brian, $235 billion to $267 billion inside or outside that range. Boy, I was saying below before, but then when I heard that it's a six-bagger, I'm going to say inside. It is outside that range. And for the record, it's actually a five-bagger, not a six-bagger. If it were a six-bagger, it would probably be inside that range. But as it turns out, Costco, talk about round numbers, is it $200.11 billion? Let's just call it $200 billion today of market cap, which is an amazingly large number, about one-tenth Apple. Uh, unfortunately, under Yasser's range of 235 to 267, which means in this case, Yasser, you get the point, which means you've just taken a five to four lead in the market cap game show. Brian Stoffel, you have played previously twice. This is your third appearance on the market cap game show. The final scores of both of your previous games were five to five and five to five. How confident are you feeling right now as we go to company number 10? Not very, because I don't have the control. The person who says inside or outside, they're the ones with the control. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just kind of sitting in the passenger seat here. It is true as we turn to you for the final company, company number 10. Let's play word association. Brian, you ready? I'm going to present you a phrase, present me a word or phrase, or maybe a few that come to mind. As I say this phrase, female billionaire. Oprah Winfrey. I, that's also who comes to mind first for me as well. Any others? Female billionaire, Oprah Winfrey. Um, I don't think, I can't remember, Lake was her last name from Stitch Fix, but I don't think she was anymore. Um, Katrina Lake, nope, I don't Katrina think so Lake, either. Yeah. And I don't think. How about, how about J.K. Rowling? Ever read oh, Harry yeah, Potter? Yeah. I've heard of her. Yep. I, I think she makes the list. I think Queen Elizabeth also makes the list. Yes. Melinda Gates, perhaps? Uh, I think Melinda Gates would count. Mackenzie Bezos, I think she has to count. I think Mackenzie Scott is her name now. Mackenzie Scott absolutely is her name now. Thank you for that, Yasser. Well, there's another name we can add to this list, and one that a fair number of Motley Fool members might recognize, and yet I think we highly over-index that way. I think most of the rest of the world doesn't know that much about Jay Shri Ulal, the CEO of Arista Networks. The ticker symbol is A-N-E-T. I'm happy to say we first added this to the Motley Fool Rule Breakers scorecard on November 25th of 2014. It was David Kretzman, longtime fool, who picked it. And uh, it's been a market crusher. 
uh, like a lot of stocks, it hasn't been so great the last year or so. And yet, taken all in all, this company, which ranks in the top 10 in our Motley Fool stock screener universe in terms of companies that we seem to favor going forward, Arista Networks, a lot of promise, some good performance behind it, guys. We hope for even better performance going forward. And Jay Sriulal is the CEO of this company. She is, she owns about 5% of the company. Hint, that would mean she's a billionaire at least, but I'll let you figure out, Brian Stoffel, what the market cap range is that you'd like to specify for Arista Networks. So I stayed away from the company because of concentration risks. That ended up being a good move in the short term because some of their bigger customers pulled back and I kind of forgot about it. And I remember Brian Froley told me, oh no, it's doing really well. So I'm going to go up. I'm going to say between 66 and 92 billion. 66 and 92 billion dollars uh, of generous range. 66 to 92 billion dollars. Arista Networks, of course, a company that had a lot of challenges. A networking company, kind of going in your face, competing directly with Cisco, and having some questions in terms of who owns what intellectual property, which did drag down the stock for a while in the teens of the past decade 66 billion to 92 billion the range yasser not gonna say the pressure's on but let's face it the pressure is on you have a lead right now five to four this is your game to lose some people would say to win this is your game to lose yasser players at home 66 to 92 billion dollars before you give your answer yasser do you want to share any thoughts yeah, I know this has been a long-term winner um, for the Motley Fool, um, and I guess the company itself has done extremely well. Uh, definitely a direct beneficiary of the growth of data centers, um, but it's not one that I own personally or one that I have studied, uh, you know, as part of my work. So. It's a big world out there. There are so many different kinds of ways. I mean, yeah. just think about what we've talked about this week. And I was kind of pulling randomly from the Motley Fool universe, but we've talked about Apple and we talked about Green Dot, which is a partner of Apple. We talked about Six Flags and Union Pacific. We've talked about video game companies, both domestically and international. And here we are after Costco talking about a completely different company, Arista Networks. I'm going to ask you now, point blank, Yasser El Shami, inside Brian's range of 66 to 92 billion or outside Brian's range? Okay, just because I, I believe every single answer that I had from uh, before was outside the range, um, I'm going to take a different track this time and say inside the range. And sure enough, that gives us the 5-5 five, five finish that I think everyone wanted and some of us foresaw possibly from the dawn of time. So, Brian Stoffel, congratulations, because it wasn't actually even close. It was much lower than the range that you specified. But this is one of those more opaque companies that, I mean, for a lot of Motley Fool Rule Breaker members or Stock Advisor members, you might have owned this. My brother's a big fan of this company, has interviewed Jay Shree personally. So you might have owned it over the years, but I think most people don't really know this company or much about its industry because it's kind of a B2B company, let's face it. So the, the market cap for Arista Networks is $27.87 So 
well lower outside Brian's range. But since Yasser said inside, that gave Brian the fifth point that he needed for his third consecutive tie. And because, gentlemen, we've tied, I think I might already be inviting you both on one quarter from now to join me in September to break, I think, hope, this tie. But maybe, maybe, Brian, in the end is our beginning and maybe everything's circular and maybe you'll just tie every time ad infinitum. I'm okay with it now. The the big thing is we just got to come up with a tiebreaker beforehand (laughs) just to not leave. You know, you don't like the way that soccer ends with the shootout. (laughs) I'm not as big a fan either. I'd love if they pulled a player off the field every Thank five you. minutes. It's kind of like rapid fire. Yeah. You know, inside, outside. Yeah. Or, or, or even just like crowdsource it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll think about the equivalent of a shootout for, a, for, for overtime uh, next time, if we get another tie, but one thing's for sure. Each of you scored five, which is great. And listeners at home, if you scored at least five, give yourself a pat on the back. If you scored less, keep listening. Keep getting smarter, happier, and richer with us. If you scored more, let us know on Twitter. Use the rarely used hashtag, hashtag I beat Brian and Yasser. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe you too will appear on this show one day. Well, I want to thank uh, my talented guest stars. Good natured as always. Had a lot of fun with you guys. Brian, Yasser, thank you both. Thank Thank you, David. And good game, Yasser. Good game, Brian. You know, Absolutely. 2468, who do we appreciate? <laughs> do you remember that being forced to do that as kids? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the end of soccer or Little League games. Yeah, we haven't done that traditionally on this show, but thank you guys. You're both great sports. And I want to thank our listeners for joining us for this summer fun. I think this is a summer thrill that is probably not appreciated by enough people. The opportunity to kick around market caps and think about stocks in good years and bad, always fun, four times a year. I think part of what makes the Market Cap Game Show special is kind of like holidays, doesn't recur that frequently, so it's more special when it comes around. Next week is Mailbag on this podcast, so rbi at fool.com is our email address if you want to react to anything that you learned this week or any of the other weeks for Rule Breaker Investing in this long, hot month of June 2022. In the meantime, for Brian and for Yasser and for our 10 companies from Apple right down to Green Dot, we bid you a foolish adieu. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com. 